This is the Love Your Mom Life podcast, where we get real about getting out of your motherhood rut and creating a mom life you love. I'm your host, Nikki Odin, and I know a lot about what it's like to not love your mom life. Being a mom is hard, and being a mom with goals and dreams is even harder. Over the years, I've spent a whole lot of time on the hot mess express trying to harmonize motherhood with everything else I want out of life. But eventually, I figured it out. Sort of. You can create a mom life you absolutely love. So come on, let's do this thing together. Before we dive in, this is my cute little reminder to please hit that subscribe button. Be sure to follow us on social, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, be sure to visit the blog at youridealmomlife.com for real life solutions to help you take back your time and love your mom life again. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the Love Your Mom Life podcast. I am super excited about today's guest, an entrepreneur who is helping moms reimagine and build a new future of work. She believes working moms have leadership skills and insights that can transform the way we work and live in a way that's better for everyone. And I can't wait to introduce her to you. Before we dive in, though, just a couple of reminders. Be sure to hit that plus or check mark button in your podcast app to officially follow this podcast. And if you like this episode, please share it with another mom. And be sure you're following me on Instagram. My handle is at Nikki Odin because I want to connect with you and get to know you better. And I have something exciting in the works that you don't want to miss out on. So now let's meet our guest. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Startup Parent and the host of the Startup Parent podcast, an award-winning podcast featuring women in entrepreneurship, business, and parenting. She runs the Wise Women's Council, an annual leadership program for women to come together honestly while navigating the challenges of working and parenting. Today's guest writes about work, culture, and parenting, and her work has been featured in Forbes, Inc., Fast Company, The New York Times, Harvard Business Review, and more. She's also a 20-time NCAA All-American swimmer and has successfully swum the Escape from Alcatraz nine separate times, once doing the swim totally naked as a way to raise $33,000 for charity. I'm super excited she's here. Welcome to the show, Sarah Peck. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Oh, it's so great to have you. I love what you're doing for women, especially you know moms in the working world and how you're helping them use their leadership skills to really like navigate the whole working parenting dynamic. So tell me more about how you started with this. Yeah. I mean, like first true talk, I think the first five years of becoming a parent, your life kind of explodes. And (laughs) most people that I know, it's, it's not this seamless transition into like, and then I gained all these leadership skills and I'm amazing at what I do and I can lean in and I can do it all. 
really most parents that I talk to, your life explodes quite a bit when you have your first kid and then the oh, second yeah. one. And there's so much adjustment and there's so much uh, and loss and grief and sorrow and finding your way in your new life, um, which for me was super hard. So when I first became a parent, when I first got pregnant, I was working at a startup in downtown Manhattan, New York City. We were venture backed. We were fancy, you know, Y Combinator, <laughs> all those bells and whistles. I was the sixth employee. And that means you do a lot, right? When you're the sixth employee, everyone's doing a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. And I got pregnant and I looked around. At that point, we were like 12 or 13 people. We had like 30 contractors. We were growing. And I, I thought to myself, okay, but who's doing this? Who's working at a startup while pregnant? And when you start to look around in the media landscape, you see like a pregnant entrepreneur on the cover of Fast Company or Inc. But the story is still how this person did it, like how they made a billion dollar unicorn and fit into this perfect dress and also had like a natural birth and every yada, yada, yada. And I was like, my hips are falling apart. Like I'm vomiting every day. I'm terrified of giving birth. I'm a super mm -hmm. anxious person. I really like my job, but now I can't even keep my eyes open. Right. Like, someone give me the playbook. Like, is my life over? Was, was, that was the <laughs> genesis of this. <laughs> So I love how you talk about loss and grief and sorrow because so many moms don't talk about that, about that period where you feel like, oh my gosh, who am I now? Where did I go? Where was, where's my life before? And there really is a huge adjustment period. And I like to tell moms, I don't put it, that was a very eloquent way to say it, loss and grief and sorrow. I'm like, it's going <laughs> to suck for a little while and you're going to cry a lot. Yeah. And leak out of places you didn't know could leak. Like, yeah, really. Yeah, know. Armpits, boobs, yep. between the legs, <laughs> and random other places. Like, right. I don't know. No um, one talks yeah, about it. Yeah. It, so this is the thing. I Like, I think there's this, what's that quote? Like, quiet desperation. I think so many of us really want things to be okay. So we do this kind of self-gaslighting where we're like, look, I did it. Like, everything's okay. Look, on Instagram, everything's okay. Mm -hmm. I love motherhood. This is so meaningful. Like, I'm so glad I did this. And I just kind I just really, I'm like, is everyone else loving this but me? Is like, what's going on? Right. And, and I think it's, we live in a culture where we don't talk about the hard stuff as much as I wish we did. Yeah. And also it's just, it, I don't know. It's like, it, you think that maybe people, if maybe you, if you just had the right tools, you'd be able to do it. Maybe there's something wrong with you for not being able to do it. And I just wish someone had told me earlier on, like, it's okay that you change mm -hmm. when you become a parent. Like yeah. this whole idea that you won't change, you'll still be able to do everything you used to be able to do. Um, you can do it all if only you have the right bullet journaling system. Like that's just such, to me, it's such bogus garbage. It's not mm -hmm. helpful because you're bringing an entirely new person into the world, maybe multiple people. You're probably going through pregnancy losses or fertility challenges. You, your relationships are changing with your family, your biological family, your chosen family, with your friends, your peers, your colleagues, like everything's changing. And yet we're like, yeah, but how soon are you going to get back to work? Like two weeks, right. how soon are you going to get your body back? Well, like, bounce back. You know, I had someone tell me, um, don't be one of those people who gains weight and then doesn't lose it. 
And I was like, why don't you bring me food? Like, this is, <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> like, don't say that. Yeah. So anyways, um, people listening, if you are a parent, I know so many are because this is that podcast. Like, I think also it's totally okay to love it. Right. It's totally okay. Yeah. To love it, no, right? I, it's, there's, it's, so there's duality. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So of course you love it. I think, first of all, I mean, I have two kids. Although the second one was not exactly planned, we were going to have a second one. Like, just for everyone listening, nursing is not birth control. Okay, right? <laughs> whoever needs to hear that, I'm letting you know. Yeah. So he wasn't planned, but we wanted to have a second, and people wouldn't have a second if they didn't love it. You know, there are parts of it that are just there's they're indescribable to someone who doesn't have kids. Like th- that love is amazing. It's also one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And there are days where uh, the last episode I just did was about mom rage. Like it's, yes. it makes you crazy. And there are moments where you really, you just want to take a baseball bat and go office space on a printer. Cause it's just, it's right. Yeah. It's that. I mean, kind I signed of, up for boxing classes. So I literally get, hit I'm things to, to yeah, yeah, it's great. You have to. Yeah. Um, so like I said, it's the duality. So I think you can love it and hate parts of it. And I think that makes 100%. you're totally normal. Nobody's alone in that. And that's the thing that you were talking about before. Like when no one's talking about it, you feel like you're the only one. And then with that added pressure of like going back to work and seeing other women who have kids go back to work and wondering like, how did you, how'd you get to this point that you're at now? And are there stories you aren't telling publicly or even to yourself? Like, are there things that you aren't talking about or aren't admitting? I know so many people, you know, do retrospectives. Oh, yeah, that was a really hard time. But they don't let people in during that time. We don't know how hard it is for other people. I mean, that's that's back to Startup Parent. That's one of the whole reasons why I started it. I wanted to have a place where we could talk honestly and where you could say things in a confidential space because I host conversation groups for women and parents. Mm -hmm. And you can come in and say, you know, this is the part of parenting I regret. Like I, this is the part of my individual life I miss. Like Mm -hmm. I don't love my kids during X, Y, and Z. I mean, I love them, but like, I really don't like this. Right. Or what it is you need to say. And, and we hold space to let you know that you're not alone and there's nothing wrong with you. It is complicated. It's one of the biggest transformations of your life. And the the coolest thing that I get to do is we look at all of these skills that you gain in this super intense period of your life. And we look at them as this leadership training ground. Like if Mm -hmm. I could rebrand those first five years of motherhood and fatherhood, just parenthood, as long as you're an active, involved parent, not, you know, a leave for the office kind of parent, going to let my wife do it. But if you're an active, involved parent, it's like getting training for an MBA. Like you should bestow the credentials of an MBA on people who become parents because the skills of motherhood are what we need in the boardroom. Oh, a hundred percent. I wrote an article about this and it's about why we should put mother on our resume and becoming a mother is like boot camp. It is a leadership chip boot camp and you will never experience a more intense meaningful and you know consequential form of training like your decisions are re- literally shaping another human being's life and the things that you gain from that and and also the things that you can apply in the workplace that translate it's just it's, it's unbelievable and i think a it's lot amazing. of times we get there is some kind of a disparate treatment with mothers in the workplace, we kind of get 
we, we historically have got, have yeah. not Oh, gotten, you're put on the mommy track. Right. You're yeah. seen as like not as committed. You're seen as flaky. Distracted. People think you don't, you're distracted. And it's like, yeah, of course I'm distracted. I'm still bleeding in my diaper because I came <laughs> back to work too early. Like, it's not that I don't want to work. It's that our paid leave policies in the United States suck. Yeah, um, they do. You know, it's, it's, I mean, I could go off on that for a long time. I do a lot of public speaking for various companies about the benefits of paid leave and advocate for folks who need the research side, right? There's a lot of people who want, hey, I have, um, I'm going to take a parental leave and we don't have a policy. What should we do? And I have, I have an 89 page deck full of research information. It's like a fire hose of information, but it's really useful for HR teams. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Well, you, you never know who's listening. Hey, if you need it, I will come in and I will give the persuasive argument for why you should get as much leave as you need. And I will tell your company why um, it's going to be cheaper to pay you than it is to replace you. Always. Yeah. Right. It's always cheaper to nurture a relationship than to cultivate a new one. Absolutely. Whether it's a client or an employee. Exactly. Exactly. And yet people don't put it together. And I, some of the stuff that I talk about in, in it is like, um, you know, you only get two weeks of notice when an employee quits and they don't leave like necessarily all the logins and passwords and uh, practices and procedures like replicating their work is really hard. Yes. You get like three to six months of advance notice when somebody who wants to come back is taking a leave. Yeah. Right? It's one of the easiest things to plan for. So I find it so comical that people are so terrified of parents. That is a really great perspective shift. Yes, that's so true. Sometimes when people quit, it's like they died and like they just they're like, peace out. Figure it that's out. Right. They're just gone. Yeah. Yeah. Figure they, out. They put in their what notice. And then, <laughs> that's right. And you, you have to go in and like tease apart. Okay. What did they do and how did they do it? And does anyone know how Tommy did X, Y, and Z? And like what tools did he use? And then it takes about six months to really figure out what it is to replace it, to update the OKRs, to fit, you know, there's so much work and you're going to pay a recruiter or you're going to have to interview 460 people, which is going to take team hours. And I'm like, you should have just kept that one person. That's like three more weeks. How much would it have cost to give them three more weeks of leave? Such a great point. And you know, that is a great, the cost is what a lot of people need to hear that that's how you need to speak to them about it is how much it's going to cost or how much, how much it's going to save. Yep. There's so much, so much. I have, so I have that. And then I also talk about, um, there's really cool research about fatherhood. And when you do surveys, when you do secret surveys of dads and whether or not they want to take parental leave, what they say, there's a survey of a thousand parents, 82%, 82% of dads wanted equal leave. Wow. This isn't like one in 10. This isn't a random dude on the street. This is yeah. the majority, the overwhelming majority especially because the workplace is now millennials and Gen Z, right? You know, we're aging up into this entirely new generation. That's like, I would like to have time with my kid. And yet half of dads are afraid to even advocate for themselves because they're afraid they'll be looked at negatively, that they won't be seen as um, dedicated to their job. And yet they want leave too. Mm -hmm. So I do this whole talk for the HR teams and for senior leaders because all these dads are also making these policies and they're terrified that other men are going to look at them and judge them right. when actually they don't want the same thing that the women do. So that's fascinating. Um, I would give this talk every week for a new company for the next five years if it means everyone could have paid leave. Maybe it will. Do it. Let's do it. 
I'm, I'm t- I'm, if anyone listening wants to bring <laughs> me in, email me. My email is at startupparent.com. You can just hello at startupparent.com. Um, tweet me at Twitter. If you know somewhere, you say, go do this at Zenefits, go do that at Gusto, like anywhere HR folks are, you introduce us and I will, I will talk until I am hoarse. I love it. So what else do you do at Startup Parent? You said that you have these, you create a safe space for people to talk. Is there some kind of like curriculum or a structured course or anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I run a couple of things. I run the Wise Women's Council. That's our flagship program. So it's a leadership incubator and it's a place where I help tired moms make friends. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're, you know, a busy um, business owner and you're growing, it, nobody tells you that being successful is actually, you're going to have a ton of work to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But if you're doing that while you have kids, it's like, there's no more bandwidth for anything else. And so you want other people to talk to, but it's really hard to do. So I created this leadership incubator that goes over eight months. We go at a much slower pace. There's only two or three calendar invites per month. I tell people to attend 75% of them because I know your kids get sick, right? right you don't, right. there's no perfect attendance required. And then we have um, these audio chat rooms. So I pair you up into groups of six and you get to meet each other and interview each other and learn about each other's businesses. But you get to do so while you're driving, while, right. while you would listen to a podcast, if you're taking the trash out. And people tell me, yeah, I don't think I could have added another calendar invite, but these audio chat rooms, I get to know everyone so intimately. I feel like I have 40 new friends at the end of the year. I feel like I changed my network and I feel like I learned more business skills than I would have if I took a standard business class at That's university. Awesome. Yeah. So when you say audio chat room, do you mean like kind of like the way Clubhouse is set up? Yeah. it's We use a tool called Voxer. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I love yeah. Voxer. I love Voxer. Some people don't know about it, but it, yeah, Clubhouse is a really good analogy. So it's an app on your phone, yep. and it's Android and um, iPhone, and you can even access it from your desktop. Like one of the things that we do in program design, I'm very nerdy about exactly how things work. Work. So, I mean, people call this product market fit, but I'm really obsessed with moms and what we will do and won't do. And so I look at, is it available on these platforms? What's holding people back? Is audio easier? And then I do trainings for people too. So nobody feels stupid. Like if you've never used Slack before, I have a whole thing about teaching you how to use Slack. Because a lot of the people that come to my program are often with small kids at home and they're a little bit worried. Like, I don't know if I know all these skills over here and over here. And I want them to leave feeling like, oh, I'm a badass. I know a ton of people. Um, Sarah's told us that we should all be like angel investors, investing in Bitcoin, yada, 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 yada. (laughs) Like we should be running the world and running companies. So that's my goal. So that's one of the things that we do. We, that's the wise women's council. Um, then we have a Slack room called founders with kids. That's for all parents. So dads can come join us too. Mm -hmm. And that's a place for you to filter all the advice that's out there through the lens of parents. So you never have to hear anyone tell you to hustle harder. You never have to have anyone tell you to perfect your morning routine. You get to come in and grumble with other people and say, well, my kid woke me up at 3 a.m. last night and I'm still trying to make this live television interview. Does anyone have any help for this particular situation? And someone's gonna be like, power nap under a weighted blanket, right? (laughs) That's the advice we give each other. I've heard so many good, like it's totally digressing here, but I've heard so many good things about weighted blankets. I've never tried one before. I love them. I love them so much. Um, We have two. So my partner has one and I have one. And uh, 
I don't nap very well. I've never been a good napper. I'm not a great sleeper. So that made motherhood extra challenging, especially when people are like, sleep when the baby sleeps. And I was like, I don't sleep very well. I don't know how to do that. (laughs) So I've learned, I use audio tapes um, from Insight Timer and Mm -hmm. from a couple of other apps. And I'll just listen to a guided tape for 20 minutes under the weighted blanket. And my uh, heart, my heart rate tracker is like, did you nap? And I'm like, not quite, but it feels like it. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I just try to do re- more restorative time. It really helps. It does help. Restorative time always helps. And making time for restorative time is not always easy, but it's so worth it. So what are your tips on that? Do you guys talk about that kind of thing? Oh, yeah. So we, there's nothing off limits. Um, and the only way that works is we have seven community guidelines for how to have conversations. So we go over all of those in the beginning, how we talk to each other, what we can say, what we can't say. Um, and one of the most important rules is we always speak using the words in my experience. So you don't say anything like, well, women are this or pregnant people are this or pregnancy is why or moms are why you'll say, Hey, in my experience, and that uh, helps us not inadvertently step on each other. Because if I make a global statement, like, oh, motherhood is so easy. Anyone who thinks it's not is going to be like, wait a second, do I belong here? Mm -hmm. And then the other one is we don't give each other advice unless it's specifically asked for. So we will talk about restorative time, sleep. We'll talk about anything you want as long as someone has queued it up for advice or conversation. I love that. I think that our tendency is to give advice even if it's not been asked for. But I think that's also because we just want to help. Yes. But it can yes. be it can be taken sometimes as pushy. So advice is a really wonderful thing. However, advice only works if you're ready to receive it. Mm-hmm. If it's tailored specifically to you and your situation. So if someone understands you deeply. And um, if you've been validated before. And most of us in most conversations, I'm going to generalize real globally here, but most of us in most conversations skip over validation because we didn't have an education in feelings and being with our feelings. So I love validation. I do a workshop on validation as one of the first things we do in the Wise Women's Council. So I get real geeky and I teach people how to do it. Um, And my undergrad degree is in psychology. So this Uh is where part of this comes from. Yeah. Right. So validation is not agreeing with somebody else's feeling or story, but it's telling them that you heard them. It's a really important parenting skill too, right? It's saying, oh, this is a big feeling. Oh, you seem really frustrated by this. Oh, when this and this thing happened, that must have made you really angry. I can see how crappy that was for you. I would have been really frustrated too if that had happened to me. And we skip over that. So someone comes to you and they're like, my boss is so mean, it's so terrible, da-da-da-da-da-da. And they're telling you like, Something brave. I hurt. I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I'm frustrated. uh, I'm mad. I'm indignant. Whatever it is they're telling you, but they're telling you this really vulnerable story. And you'll say, well, have you tried talking to your boss? Like, have you tried like reporting to the upper manager? Or people will kind of grab the microphone and say, "Um, oh, that happened to me too. Da, 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 da. And they'll go launch into their own story. That is one type of conversation. It's a useful kind of conversation. But sometimes we steamroll over each other when really what feels wonderful, and this is a lot of what therapy is for many people, what feels so good is someone saying, your boss sounds really crappy. Mm-hmm. That sounds awful. That must be so stressful. 
It's right. It's, it's not about the nail. Have you seen that YouTube video? It's um, no, it's tell me. So it's presented as the difference between men and women, but I think that sometimes women, of course, can do it to each other as well. And it's the woman has a nail sticking out of her forehead, and she just wants to complain to her partner, spouse, whoever yeah. he is, about the nail in her forehead, and he wants to take the nail out of her forehead so that she doesn't have the pain anymore. And so the whole time she's like, you always try to fix it. Like, right. Like, have you tried talking yes, to your boss? Yes. <laughs> she's like, I just want you to listen. And finally they get to a point where she's like talking about how like all her sweaters are snagged and it's just this pain radiating in her forehead. And he's like, that sounds, that sounds really awful. And she's like, thank you. Right. So, but the whole point of it is like, sometimes it's not about the nail. I just want to express to you how awful this is and have you tell me that you hear me. That's all yeah. I need from you right now. Yes. Oh, I love that. I like vague memories of that. I mean, I don't love that she has a nail on her forehead, but (laughs) you need the the visual. It's like so, so obvious. Exactly. Well, and so here's the thing. Most problems are not as obvious as having a nail on your forehead, right? Like we don't actually know, but we pretend they're that obvious. We're like, oh, if I just take the nail out, but also we don't know. What if you took the nail out and then she bled to death? Oh, right. Yeah, like we don't right, actually, right. sorry. Like, but what if, what if that's not actually going to help? And right. Right. Ha- right. So sometimes what happens is we get in there and we're so fixated on how we can be the hero and how we are smart and we know what to do. And also this is the rub that we can fix someone else. We do and that to who, our kids. Certainly. Yeah. Who says anyone else needs fixing? Right? What if the nail is actually part of who she is? It just looks like a nail. Like we're the ones who interpret it as a nail and it's actually part of her forehead, right? Mm-hmm. We don't know. I'm making this up for the sake of the analogy. But it's this subtle centering we do of ourselves and our feelings instead of being there with the other person and their feelings. And this requires a lot of emotional maturity and dexterity. And also, it's one of the skills that you get as a parent. Absolutely. Because you cannot steamroll over your kids' feelings. You try to do that, it's going to take 10 times as long. Oh, yeah. This isn't frustrating. Oh, wait till your three-year-old tells you it is. Hey, stop crying. That doesn't work, right? You can't (laughs) steamroll. Would you just want a snack bar? I mean, that's worked for me occasionally, I will admit, but um, (laughs) you've got to be there with them. The slow way is the fast way. And with my three-year-old, we bend down and we look them in the eye and we're like, that's a really big feeling. So frustrating. I hate hitting my head on the table. Did I really hurt? You know, whatever it is that happened. Or so-and-so took your toy. You must be really angry. And he's like, I'm angry. I want my toy. Like they just want to be heard. And I'm like, oh, should we ask for it back? What should we do? Should we get a new toy? And then it, it does resolve. It's, it's a miracle. I feel like I'm a magician when I just take time to validate someone's feelings. Right. And then again, you're, you've just shown how that translates to relationships in the workplace yeah, with colleagues, with superiors, with subordinates. It's, it's a skill. It's one of those skills that really takes you a long way. And it's something that you hone day in and day out as a parent. That's right. We have a whole list of skills that you gain through parenting. And this can extend to caretaking, right? Because people who take care of sick aunts and uncles, or they're taking care of their parents and their grandparents, like this all applies. But you learn how to set better boundaries, right? yeah. often by having them 
heavily trespassed right. until you're like, I need the door closed while I pee. I get two minutes for me, yeah. right? But you learn how to set boundaries. You learn how to say no. You have to learn how to say no. I don't know if you've ever been followed around by an incessant five-year-old who's now saying, you promised, you said this, you didn't say no before. What about this? I want this until you finally say, we aren't doing that. Right. No. You also learn how to say no, sweetie, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know how that works. And I can't tell you how many times I wish a manager actually told me, you know, we don't know how to do this yet. We got to figure it out. We got to learn. And we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, sometimes you just need to hear that. Like, I'm in this with you. I don't know what's going to happen if we try this, if we launch this. Right. We learn how to be on time which is going to sound ironic to a lot of parents because we're also very late to things, but, <laughs> but funny hear me out. True. Yes. Daycare closes at a certain time. Yes. Tr- yes. That's right. You leave work by five. Yep. Five fifteen, five twenty-three, whatever it takes to get there before that daycare closes. So we know how to be on time when it counts. And we also know how to be really flexible. 100%, we know when the stakes yeah. are high and when the stakes are lower and we know how to communicate when things are changing. There's so many more skills like patience and empathy and resilience. I I did not know resilience. And I know you read my bio in the beginning. I was a college swimmer. I used to work out 10 hours a day. I did a bunch of open water swimming, long distance swimming. It's, it was really intense. And I don't know, you get done with a practice or a training and then you get to be done and there's more hours to yourself. And in, in parenting, you never get to sleep in. Like it's just, it's relentless Mm -hmm. and it's a different, it's a completely different kind of resilience where you've been at it for 16 hours and you need to feed this person and you can't do anything else until you do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I said, it's like a boot camp. And then there are other things too. Like I think sometimes that relentless sort of demand makes work a pleasure. Mm-hmm. I get to, I, I used to joke around like, I, yes, I'll, I can go to work and you know, I'm a lawyer and in my former life, I was a commercial litigator and yeah, I can do all this research and yes. write this argument and no, I'm not going to cry about it. And as long as no one pees on the floor, I'm good. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to do this research alone. Right. I'm going to write complete sentences. Right. I'm going to revel in the fact that this has nothing to do with diapers. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I think it also makes us prepared. Being a mom makes you super prepared. I mean, it only takes your kid barfing in the car one time for you to always have emesis bags and, you know, ginger ale with you on long road trips. And, but that translates to other things. Like when you take the presentation to the client, like it's on Google drive, it's also on a thumb drive and it's on a backup laptop just in case. That's right. And you're creative and there's like an ingenuity. Because let's say everything does break. Mm-hmm. You're not going to sit there and throw your hands up and be like, well, there's nothing we can do. You're going to be like, great. I'm going to use this hour to do uh, like an intake interview with you. I'm going to use this hour to, right. You're going to be able to be resilient and creative. Uh, and I think about that because you're like those times when there's one time um, my kid had such a, uh, can I swear? 
poo storm. <laughs> such a poo storm on uh, accident. And it just exploded everywhere. And this is when he was a little older. So it wasn't, you know, I was like, oh, and he pooped his pants. And uh, we had, ran out of underwear and pants. We ran out of the backup underwear and pants. And he was naked. And we were like hours from home. And we ended up taking the extra shirt and putting it on him as pants. <laughs> right. And then like yeah, belting it around. Yes, with a hair tie. Because he had to wear something and we yeah. were all out of clothes. Yep. You just fig- you figure things out. Yeah. It, it, like you, you're, you're, we're quick with plan B because we know <laughs> from experience, in my experience, plan A does not always work out. Right? <laughs> exactly. Love that. Hey there, Supermom. Do you ever wish someone would come out with a step-by-step system on how to keep your shiitake together? Yeah, so have we. So at Your Ideal Mom Life, we came up with one ourselves. It's called Mom with Confidence, the keep it together system specifically for super moms like us. And you can grab yours right now for $29 at youridealmomlife.com slash momwithconfidence. In two PDFs that you can download right now, you get a complete system that teaches you how to be better at balancing time with your kids and time for yourself, how to have more patience and less mom guilt, how to complete your to-do list each day, make time to exercise, create time to enjoy your family, and how to answer that dreaded question all moms hate. What's for dinner? This proven system will help you stay on track and get a handle on all the things. That means less mom guilt, more patience, and more joy. So if you've ever stood in front of the fridge minutes before you're supposed to feed your family dinner and berated yourself for not having groceries, if you're looking at other moms like, girl, how do you have it all together while I'm over here on the hot mess express? If you want to stop feeling spread thin and start getting time for yourself without the mom guilt, head on over to youridealmomlife.com slash momwithconfidence. And purchase yours today for just $29. That's so awesome that you're doing this. So how long did it take for you to go from like what you were doing before at the startup and being sort of misaligned with what you were doing and and, and being a mom to starting Startup Parent? That's such a great question. And I love this question because it wasn't an obvious path. I think there's some business um, stories out there. It's like, and then I got this idea and then I built it and then it was perfect. And the market came and voila, it was a success. I was at the startup and I got pregnant and I just was so disoriented, but incredulous at the same time. I had wanted to write a book. So I pitched a book to a book agency in New York City about startup pregnant. And I'm like, yeah, this would be interesting. Like, we, this is a this is a good idea. And I wrote it. Um, I wrote several drafts of the book proposal and several sample chapters. And they politely, really kindly said, okay, you know, a lot of memoirs, people almost die, right? If it bleeds, it leads. You're competing with Cheryl Strain and Liz Gilbert and all of these folks who have such incredible stories. Basically, they told me my story was boring, right? Which is fine. <laughs> which is fine. Like it's you but know, I many of our stories relatable yeah. though. Relatable, but she. So what her recommendation was was go interview people. And I said okay. So I started interviewing a bunch of people just on audio, taking notes, transcribing, and after 
30 interviews, I had the insight that, oh, maybe this is a podcast. Like maybe other people would want to listen to this. Right. I had a six-month-old-ish, and there was no way I could leave my job to write a book and take on another unpaid project because I was doing some client work to kind of stitch it all together. So Mm -hmm. I pitched sponsors for the show and got $30,000 of sponsors before we launched. Wow. And so then I looked at my husband and I was like, I, you know, going to have to pay some taxes over here. There's some, I'm going to probably have to file some paperwork. This is not a small project. And that really, really launched this creative endeavor and the idea that it could be a business. And one of the things that I think is incredible about the way that this was done is that one of the best ways to start a business is to listen really closely to your audience. So I got to interview like a hundred people. And through that, I heard so many different stories and I created the Wise Women's Council about nine months later. We have many books on our site. And now you asked earlier about the different kinds of products we have. We have a private Slack room for founders with kids. And we have this um, conference series we're doing over the summer. Awesome. It's really fun. Yeah. That, it's amazing. And you know what? So the, I, the synergy between an actual startup where you do need to find out, is there a market for this? You don't just start like a startup that's not going to make it is the one where they're like, I have this idea. And we're going to just make a company, but you don't know if anyone really wants it. You need to speak to your audience and find out what they want and see if there's a demand there. And then you create the product around it. So it's so fascinating to me that your startup is just like any other startup. Yeah. It's, it's been such a wild ride. So it's five years old now, which means we launched in 2017 in 2018 I got pregnant and had my second kid. He was one and a half and the pandemic hit. So the majority of my time has been um, postpartum, pregnant, postpartum, a tiny breath where I thought I was like actually going to have a 40 hour work week, eight months without childcare through the pandemic. Right. So I haven't had any steady, I haven't had a steady work week. And sometimes I just wish I'm like, I would, I would actually like to have a 50 hour work week. Like that <laughs> sounds like a dream. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I get it. Cause yeah. it's predictable. There's no pee on the floor, etc. There's no crying. There's no, no, no one needs me. You only have to there's feed yourself. Silence. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. That's right. But I love that you are still, you know, you're remembering who you were before you became a mom like tapping into that strength, that power, that desire, and you're just creating something using all the gifts that you got, you know, once you became a mom and like marrying it all together. It's just really beautiful. It's really fun. It's it's so, it's one of my biggest fears in the Wise Women's Council. So the people that come and join are some of the most incredible people that I've ever worked with. They are, I mean, some of them built their businesses to 10 figures and I'm just blown away. They have like staff of a hundred. They work at some of the biggest tech companies. I'm just so inspired by these women. And I think in year three or four, I had a little bit of a crisis of confidence. It's like, mm-hmm. why, how am I leading this? I, right. you know, I don't have as much business experience here. And then I realized that my skills, I'm a really good facilitator. And I'm a really good relationship builder and I attract really smart people to me because I like really big ideas. And I didn't know to lean into those skills at the beginning. And now 
I get to own them a little more and say, I'm not going to have your business solution for you, right. but I am going to have a space where we'll find it. And I'm yeah. going to bring the right people here and you will learn so much more than I could ever teach you. I love that. That's awesome. That's it's really fun. I love it. It's, it, I can tell that it's fun for you and that's why it is such a success and why you are attracting who you're attracting and why it's been just such a great product, you know, a, a great solution to, to all of our, all of our struggles as parents. Yeah. So it's before fun. I let you go, I have to ask you a very random question about these open water swims, especially oh, sure. the Alcatraz yeah. one. Did you see sharks? Did you worry about sharks? I have a huge fear of sharks and I don't under, like, as I, I know we should be focusing on like your endurance and your motivation and the fact that you were naked for one of them and all the money you raised. But all I hear is sharks. <laughs> sharks. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. There are two questions I get a lot. One is like, isn't it cold? Oh yeah. And, <laughs> and sharks. So it's, it's really a, a terrifying thing to do. And I think, um, I am, I had a healthy amount of fear, which I think is really smart. No one should jump off a boat and try to do this. That's a really bad idea. Um, the water is cold enough that you'll get hypothermia. People will die within about an hour and a half to two hours. They have like cutoff limits. They won't die that quickly, but you won't be able to swim. You'll be so cold. Right. Um, the currents are so strong. They're, sometimes two times faster than the fastest person can swim. So they'll sweep you out to sea. And it's such a rich, fertile uh, area for fish, which means it is one of the breeding grounds for great white sharks. Yes. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so yes. You're like, terrifying. this seems like a great idea. And here I go. I'm going to jump there's into like the water. It's like a, a traffic pattern. So there's container ships that go in and out and they can slice you in half. So okay, great. you need to know your tides, go with a boat, have someone watching you. Um, you have to alert the coast guard. You have to alert the shipping channels. You have to be on certain radios. Like this is a, these are really controlled events. Um, and for the shark thing, I have only ever touched something in the water once. And I think it was a seal, but I freaked out and I flipped on my back and I did basically like I was hyperventilating. Uh, but my rationale was that I get in a car or a bus almost every day and I have a much greater chance of dying in a car. And listen, if I get eaten by a shark, it's a really cool story. No, not for the people left behind. <laughs> people say that all the time. Like you have a better chance of getting killed on I-95. I'm like, at least in the car accident, I'm like breathing oxygen. Like I can't drown. I don't know. I yeah. just, I yeah. think it's amazing. Amazing. It is no wonder that you were, so great in business because you have definitely the mindset. Well, I mean, the thing that's really funny is, so it's been more than 10 years that I've done it. And now we go to the beach and I don't like cold water and everyone laughs at me. They're just like, you're so chicken. Like you're the one who swam. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't like cold water now. Like that was five year old me. I am 38. Like, (laughs) so it's funny. You do. It's interesting what you did in the past, what I've done past and where I am now. Now I'm like in my high-waisted swimsuit, like <laughs> eating chips on the beach, um, enjoying life in the sun. Yeah. And I'll tiptoe in when I, when it's cold or like when I get hot enough. Mom life. Well, thank you for being here. It was so great to speak to you, to get to know you better, to learn more about what you do and keep doing it because we need it. 
Thanks so much for having me. I love this. Um, if anyone's interested in Startup Parent, I have a newsletter you can find at startupparent.com slash newsletter. And we're doing this conference series. If you're listening to it this summer, um, go to startupparent.com slash live series. And you'll get all the details. And we'll put those links in the show notes, of course, so that they're easy one click for the audience. Thanks. Well, that wraps up our conversation with Sarah Peck. I know there were a thousand things that you took from it. Hope that you put them to good use and we'll see you next time on the Love Your Mom Life podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope you took something of value from it. If you liked this episode, please share it with someone you love. And it would mean the world if you would leave a rating or a review. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Your Ideal Mom Life on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I can't wait to be with you in the next episode of the Love Your Mom Life podcast.